welcome to Don't Feed After Midnight. I'm Steve. And I'm Mike. And today we're going to talk about the future of the DC Cinematic Universe that we're making decisions on because we're that important. Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Alright, let's talk about this shit. Let's talk about Wonder Woman for one thing. Okay, they're talking about doing it too. They're going to do it too. They they have to do Wonder Woman It makes sense for them to do it too. But the problem is, is we are kind of under the consensus here that they really need just to wipe the board clean with some of this shit. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, I mean, I don't even really know that you do that with the only really successful one that they've done. You know, they could, like, wipe everybody except for Gal Gadot as Wonder Woman and start from scratch. I think they could do a Teen Titans movie, which would be fun. Mm-hmm. Like a Netflix series, maybe, you know? That's the problem, though. Warner Brothers doesn't reach out to Netflix in that kind of way. And I don't think they have the money to do that. Like, Well, Netflix would throw and, money at anybody. I mean, and Netflix puts on a lot, but the kind of deal that Warner Brothers would have to break with Netflix, I don't even think they'd be willing to do it. Because, I don't know, it just seems like they're sticking to the CW for all their shows, and then cinematic shit, they'll just rush out every every year or two. And they rush it, too, because it shows. It, it's... I think that's why the Flash movie is changing hands so much and taking so much time because people are getting in there and then they're just going, you want me to do what? Yeah. No, I'm not, I don't work under those conditions. Mm-hmm. What are you talking about? And they split. It's getting to the point now where you, if you think about it, a lot of these directors and stuff and these producers have been uh, probably scared away from it. You know, yeah. I mean, if I was a really, you know, really good Hollywood, you know, director, I wouldn't touch that film with a 10-foot pole as long as it's in the hands of Warner Brothers executives. I think, um, you know, I think more than anything, I think DC, as a brand, needs to step away from Warner Brothers. Mm-hmm. Not go the Marvel route and jump on uh, fucking Disney's train or anything, but just find another, I don't know what the word is for it, but find another movie producing company. Like, s- step away from Warner Brothers, because they're not doing it. Like, everything they do leads to backlash. Well, I mean, sure, there's some people that are like, this is great and whatever, but they're super hardcore fans. Then there's people that are like, eh, it's okay, which is people like me. You know, I'm, I accept everything that they send out. I'm not going to shit on all of it. Then there's the the other 60% of people that are like, why are you guys doing this? Like, why are you, why is... Why is Batman a hardcore dude in one movie and then a total fucking wimp in the next movie? Well, I knew you didn't bring me back because you like me. I don't... not... Why is Superman, like, you know, super super down-to-earth dude in this movie to, like, top of the mountain in this movie? Yeah. Like, why is... Like, there's so many contradictions within movies, and they only have, like, five or six. Like, it's, it's, it's too rushed. To not be noticed at this point. As far as like casting goes, I think everybody in their positions right now is good. Oh yeah, there's I, no I, doubt about I that. I love the the people that are in their own positions. The writing choices, mm-hmm. it's the the directing choices. I mean, I love Zack Snyder and I love all of the work he's done for the movies visually alone. Like, I mean, well, he did Sin City, right? He did. Uh, I think he might have directed that, or maybe I thought he did. He, he might have. He did Watchmen, though. He definitely did Watchmen. Oh, yeah. Watchmen. And he did uh, 300. Watchmen was just absolutely fantastic. Incredible. That's why I loved so much of Batman vs. Superman. Because <laughs> it reminded me of the cinematography and the just the way shit played out from Watchmen. Like, it, it just reminded me of it so much. Especially the scene where Batman uh, has the dream and he goes and sees, like, 
the doomsday apocalypse like version of oh, yeah. the world oh, yeah. and it was like you know you see the big ass omega stamp oh, on yeah. earth and he's like you know going through all this crazy shit it just reminded me of that watchman feel thanks and, to a lovely imdb by the way i uh, interrupt that for a second oh you, you it was actually directed by frank miller frank miller Robert rodriguez and uh, quentin tarantino as a special guest director yeah so i was completely completely Frank Miller's pretty uh, wrong. <laughs> Frank, Frank Miller's pretty up there though when it comes to good directors. Oh yeah, but yeah, Zach, I think he's done great. I think Justice League would have been much better had it had his full vision rather than half of his vision and then half of Joss Whedon's vision. Exactly. Either standing alone. If it yeah, if it know. were all if it were all uh, Whedon's the whole deal, yeah, it, it probably would have been great. If it were all Snyder's deal, it probably would have been great. But it's the fact that, like, Zach did so much of it, and then Joss came in and, like, finished it out. It kind of, like, you can see that it wasn't... It was two different directors. You could see that in scenes. It's even down to the point where there's, like, confirmed audio snippets where they're talking about lanterns. There's confirmed scenes where there's Superman in in a certain suit and doing certain things. And they never made the movie. And you gotta think, why? And it's because one director had this vision, the other didn't. And that that switch leads to a lot of shakeups in what we know the movies should be. As I was saying, though, like, Wonder Woman? Great. Oh, yeah. Gal, Gal Gadot, she is incredible. I think she is... She's probably the perfect chick to play her right now. She really is. I mean, they just... I mean, they could do a... Uh, before going straight into Wonder, Wonder Woman 2, though... They could totally do a, uh, like I said, a Teen Titans movie or even some, you know, it doesn't, I mean, that's the thing though. I mean, even if they don't go the Netflix route, they could just say, you know, be smart about it, do a TV series, mm-hmm. you know, do like, or even a freaking, I don't care, Sunday movie, I don't care what it is. But introduce some of these characters and get them into the zeitgeist, get them in there, you know, get get some young actors that we know to a degree, like, we got, you got uh, New Mutants is coming out. Yeah. You know, I mean, you got that one Game of Thrones actress. Um, Who are you? No one. Uh, playing Wolfsbane in that. You've got these, these other famous actresses, you know. I'm curious to see what they're doing with that movie, too, because uh, it looks very uh, intriguing, to say the least. They're, they didn't show much with that first trailer, but just, like... We got Maisie Williams, okay, mm-hmm. playing Wolfsbane. She's extremely well-known for yeah. Game of Thrones, playing yeah. Arya Stark. She can play... A fun character in a comic book movie, and people aren't going to be pulled out of it. Right, it's perfectly fine. I can Some see actors it. you can't do that with. Yeah, Some, you can't freaking cast Keanu Reeves as like Sandman, for instance, in DC areas because you would be like, it's Neo. You know what I mean? Like, like what? Whoa! You could cast <laughs> you could cast like Bella Ramsey from Game of Thrones as like a, a young Donna Troy or Diana Prince, or mm-hmm. actually, you know, that would be a lot of fun to do a Teen Titans movie. With like uh, Cassandra Sandsmark or Cassie, you know, the one she was like, she was known as Wonder Girl in the Teen Titans yeah. in the eighties and stuff, and like that'd be kind of fun. Mm-hmm. You could do a, a live action Raven movie with Trigon as a bad, you know, but you'd have to mix them with well known established heroes. You can't just throw them out there. If somebody sees like a, a girl dressed kind of like Wonder Woman fighting, you know, they're going to assume it's a teenage Wonder Woman. They're not going to mm-hmm. be able to, like, they're going to pick up their phones and go, oh, that's Donna Troy. She was blah, 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 you know, stuff like that. You yeah. know, it's, it's just, you have to insert these bigger names in there. You have to put Gal Gadot in a movie. 
Yeah. You know, you have to put Ben Affleck as Batman. You know, or somebody as Batman. See, you know. Yeah, like, I love Ben Affleck. I would understand, though, if they recasted a younger dude because he is getting up there. He, and there's so much of the Batman story that hasn't been told in this exactly. universe. Well, they showed, what, in, the, the, in this particular DC cinematic universe, Joker killed Robin. With Harley. With Harley about ten years before the events of Batman versus Superman. Something like that, yeah. Which is interesting. Because yeah, because that means Batman was like 30. You know, Joker had to have been like 20. Because yeah. he looks much younger than Batman. Which means Batman was doing Batman since he was 20. And then Joker came along halfway to, in between the start and then where Batman versus Superman lies. So that means he he went through 10 years of hard, like, you know, fighting against people like Penguin and Riddler and people like that most likely. And then all of a sudden, this guy Joker comes along and fucks his shit up. Because he did make that reference to it's, it beats fighting penguins in the sewer. Yeah. You know, something like that. Yeah, the, the wind-up penguins that blow up or some shit, mm-hmm. he said, in Justice League. So there is a history there that we have no clue about. And it makes you wonder if they're just leaving it up to us to assume that the entire comic history up until a certain point had no jo- Joker at all. And then, like, all of a sudden, like as if Nightfall happened, as if Hush happened, and then, like, uh, and then out of the blue, the Joker shit started happening. Yeah, like it just makes you wonder because they don't tell you. I feel like if they had did the right thing here, it probably would have went something like casting a a nineteen to twenty two year old actor play a young, early, believable Batman. Exactly. And then, like, kind of like what they're doing with Gotham. Like, the dude's only, like, supposed to be, like, 16 or some shit on Gotham. Yeah, and he's, he, like... He hasn't done the cowl, though. Right? Yeah, well, he's starting to, though. He's got a... Like, he's... He doesn't have, like, a f- official bat he's suit or mask, anything. Right? But he's got the mask, and he's got, like, a, a black outfit that he wears, and he goes around at night being a vigilante. Uh-huh. So he's taking on the role. He's just not official yet. Steve does not watch DC television. The same. Except for The Flash. I just watch, I, the, watch the I, Flash. I just watch all the teases and all the oh shit moments. Like, I know. That's about it because I can't get into the shows. I didn't. I tried Flash. It just didn't do it for me. Arrow, I, same thing. Flash is pretty cool. I like The Flash to a certain degree. It does get to the point where I'm like, I'm reading the episode synopsis and I'm like, oh, this one's all about Flash's love life. Click. You know, right. I just nice. right. Like, <laughs> what I'd like to see is them do a... You know, like, in some of the Batman comics, they have, like, multiple Batman from multiple different realities? Mm-hmm. That would be a lot of fun to see. You know what's something funny that they kind of touched on in Rebirth, though, is that, like, the uh, in the comics, the concept lately has been, um, or at least for the Rebirth, you know, revamp of all the DC comics, it's that every major event that you know in comics for Batman has happened. Mm-hmm. We took out all the clutter and bullshit. So, Nightfall has happened. Hush has happened. Most of the early Joker stuff that was good has happened. But all the bullshit filler stories that people were like, nah, get that out of here, yeah. they're gone. So Like Batman Year One. With gr- the, just the, trash. The red, the red leather spiky guy with the... Trash. But <laughs> it's weird. But like, it's a really um, weird comic. And now that in the Rebirth comics, Batman is about to marry Catwoman... The the most recent comic that came out, he's like going through flashbacks of the times he ran into Catwoman, and it's showing yeah. different bat outfits 
from what we know as different Batman altogether, implying that this Batman was all of that. That's so, crazy. so Rebirth is saying, what you know as Batman, all of it is this dude in this universe. It's just the events are different from the other universes. So when he was wearing the blue suit looking like Adam West, that is this Batman. It just wasn't back in the 60s. Some days you just can't get rid of a bomb. Like they're saying, like it all takes place in a window. That's weird, though. Yeah. That's but it's, really strange. But it's all because of the paradoxes that led way to the New 52. Oh, yeah. So it all fucked up timelines and shit and led to a, the New 52 so they can tell these new stories with Rebirth. Well, now they've broken that, too, right? With the, with, this uh, new universe stuff. Well, see, that's the thing. They I don't broke know, I don't now know there's if, a multiverse. There's new heroes. I don't know if the Metal series is going to apply to, like... Uh, whatever the main well, Marvel did that too. Marvel absorbed different comic book companies over the years and kind Mm -hmm. of included some of their characters into it. Some of them were bad, like Wild Child and things like that, which were technically technically Marvel properties, but just really kind of like you know not good. You know the art, the art, the art was off. You know, but then you have stuff like Pit, which is still owned, I think, by a different company. Yeah, you know, but even uh, what's her name, Um, Angela. Uh, oh, yes. Spawn's uh, sister right, or whatever. Marvel owns uh, the or, Spawn kind. Or no, well, she's a Spawn character, but she's supposedly like Thor and Loki's lost sister that they never even remembered. Like, I think, yeah, I wonder what the story was. Like, they kind of did the Hela thing from the MCU, but to Angela. And exactly. she uh, she appeared in thin air in front of Gamora. Gamora tried to fight her, and the Watcher showed up and was like, what the fuck? Oh, that's right. Because she wasn't that. supposed to be and there. she's not from that reality. That's yeah. right. So they do bring in people that aren't typically there. But I just think... Uh, I like that, but I just like that idea, going back to that Batman thing. Yeah. We have Gotham by Gaslight Batman. I love Batman that flash from like the 1890s. Yeah, um, you got Batman the, from the 1890s. You got a Batman from the 60s. Batman now they got the now. Ninja Batman. You seen the trailer for that? No. It's like full anime style. Like uh, they got an animated movie coming out. It's all made by uh, mostly Japanese artists, and it looks like a classic anime. And the Joker is like the leader of like a ninja clan. That's funny. And Batman's like got his whole Bat family, and they're all in their own ninja clan. They did something like that with Samurai Batman at some point. It's I pretty say. cool. Like, there was like some kind of thing they did. At first, I was kind of like, "Ew, that looks gross." And then they put out the most recent trailer, and I was like, "Damn, I'm down!" Like, because it does look like the classic, like '80s, '90s animes that are beloved nowadays. So it's like you know they're doing something right on the animated front. Now, if they could just get on the fucking ball here with these movies, yeah, because they're not their storytelling. It's it's wonky it's all over the place like people are still confused on when the exact timeline of suicide squad is and why the fucking heroes aren't involved yeah exactly you know there's is is that happening at the same time as fucking justice league where superman comes back in the middle of it or something like there's no real timeline and it's only supposedly like one night suicide squad is one night in one city and it fucking gets wrecked like yeah it's it's a little ridiculous it's very strange they don't. There's no cohesive universe plan. Like I said, with with Marvel, like last podcast or the one before that, we talked about how Marvel has everything planned out mm-hmm. very carefully. The phases, the, the phases, things. Like that. DC is not like that. They and it's and the thing is, it's not the. I hate to say DC because I have a very very strong feeling. It's not the comic book company at all. Mm-hmm. It's not the writers. It's, it's not Warner the directors. Brothers. It's 100 percent Warner Brothers. Mm-hmm. Their executives. 
not having their stuff together and just not having any plan. They're reacting instead of being proactive. Instead of saying, we're going to have Wonder Woman. Then we're going to have, you know, Wonder Woman 2. And then we're going to have a Justice League movie, you know. Because they, I'm pretty sure Age of Ultron was like same year as Batman versus Superman, right? Or was it Civil War? It was either Civil War or Age of Ultron. That was the exact same year as Batman versus Superman. And it seemed like the ultimate, like, we know they're going to do this movie, so we got to do this movie at the same time. Well, Mar- Marvel does do that, that crap where, like... Well, they, Marvel definitely does it. They, DC plans a big announcement, and the same day they do the announcement, or the day before, they they're released, like, oh, they re- by the way... They released a trailer for Doctor Strange. <laughs> right. That was funny as crap. When they were like... That uh, was the Batman versus Superman. They were like, finally, it's well, coming out. The, what was but, it? Oh, look, Doctor Strange trailer. No, Spider-Man trailer. And then they were was. like... Uh, <laughs> They were like, we're going to have the first black hero ever, and it's going to be Cyborg and Justice League. And then Marvel's like, Black Panther trailer right now. I'm like, like, <laughs> I love it. Though. I love it. That's ruthless. Yeah. And that's what you got to do, though. You know what I mean? Well, they play they play ball, that's for sure. And uh, you got, I mean, DC the, doesn't know how to play back. That's well, the problem. Oh, that's the thing. But, you know, they could be having fun with it. They could play with it. They could play off each other. But there's different entities involved now. You know, you have the executives of these different companies. You know, it's not just the comic book companies. I mean, Stan Lee, Stan, and and, and you know those guys, they get they didn't necessarily they see eye to eye with DC all the time, mm-hmm. but they you know there was a lot of tongue in cheek. You know, oh, they make jokes all the time. Yeah, you know, so I mean, look at Hyperion being mm-hmm. Superman pastiche. You know, even uh, Century's got some likeness. Yeah, it was, yeah, Century, Century's. <laughs> hey, little that, bitch that's boy. A, that's a crap character. Little bitch boy. <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna create a character that supposedly existed in the Marvel Universe, did all this stuff, fought alongside all these heroes like for 20 years, and then suddenly uh, Doctor Strange went in and deleted all memory of him from <laughs> history books and from everybody's minds because he was like a crackhead and like he had a dark <laughs> darkness in him that could kill the Who world. Who was first? Uh, the Submariner or Aquaman? Was Namor first? Namor came out in the 40s, I want to say. Um, Aquaman has got to be early too, though. And same with because uh, there was well, I'm, I'm pretty sure Hulk was first, but then they DC copied right back with Solomon Grundy. You know, I mean, not necessarily the same character concept or anything, but just big ass dude that's fucking tough as hell. And exactly, well, Solomon Grundy was actually kind of stupid. Uh, yeah, very stupid. But <laughs> it's a weird character. Like it's kind of funny how like. Aquaman and Namor are both like the guardians of Atlantis. Well, apparently, uh, Namor first appeared in Motion Picture Funnies Weekly oh my a- God. in April of 1939. Jeez. Aquaman's first appearance was in More Fun Comics, number 73, in November of 1941. So it was two years two later. Two years later, yes. Yeah. So. <clears throat> but there's a lot of that, though, where one character gets made. It does okay, and then the other company's like, we're going to spite you and do it better. And then they'll do it, and it does work better. Namor does not do as good as Aquaman when it comes to reputation. I mean, many more people know Aquaman than Namor. I mean, the comic fans, they'll know Namor just as the same. Oh, yeah. This is they, the, he'll just the, look like a Vulcan. It's like, but, oh, it's Spock. Right, but the common, <laughs> the common person will be like, who the fuck is Namor? <laughs> exactly, and that's the thing. You know, they when they do those DC cross Marvel crossover things, there's always fanboys on both sides, and they're like, yeah. But those comic books, 
Sometimes you read them and you go, wait, who are you again? I mean, that's happened right. once or twice. I mean, they always do the big names. The There's dudes that'll be in the background and you're like, who the fuck is well, this guy? He's at the round table with these dudes? Exactly. Well, you'll see that the thing with DC is they've got, like, the Justice League. Yeah. And that's, like, it as far as their mainstay, like, big name characters. Yeah, and they got the Teen Titans, but that's like their kids. They're yeah, not they, the, yeah, they're they're not like the grown team. But that's the thing. thing. There's nobody else in the public eye. You look at Marvel, you've got the entire X-Men. Everything. You know, roster. you got Fantastic you, Four. Fantastic Four. The you, Avengers. You know, the the Avengers, Guardians. Guardians, yeah. The, um, <clears throat> what are they called? The, the one with uh, Captain Canada and shit. I think it's X-Men. No, it's not the X-Force. I don't know. It's, the, it's, the, the, um, it's the one of the teams that died in uh, the, the Snap. Oh, yeah. Um... Alpha Flight. Alpha Flight. Thank you, Alpha yep. Flight. It totally With fucking Sasquatch bit it. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the snap. There's so many people, like, for Marvel to call on because they have so many teams. All they, like, their team building in movies is so much easier than DC's. And, you know, that's, I kind of got to play into that, too. Like, if, if you're Warner Brothers or DC writers or whatever you are, that's a burden because oh, yeah. you only, you have one, one good guy team and essentially one bad guy team plus one major bad villain that'll be able to take on that good guy team. You have a limited portfolio. Super limited. You have so many heroes, but one team. Like, every time you're a hero, you go to Justice League. That's true. Like... All of them. Like I said before, they could do a film noir thing with the mask. Or not the mask. Oh, my God. Oh, jeez. <laughs> it's because he wears a mask. The question. He's like He dresses mm-hmm. like a, a private eye, but he has a, a mask that blanks his face. So it's just a blank. You know. Um, I think they should have did a Deathstroke movie, to be Deathstroke would have been cool. The problem with Deathstroke is that he's so much like... Are you there, God? It's me, Margaret. Deadpool. Yeah, but wasn't... And, I mean, Deadpool. Which one of them was the copy, though? Oh, Deadpool's a copy of Deathstroke. Deadpool's no doubt about that. That's that's one of those. The problem is, though, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter though, because Deadpool's ten times more popular than Deathstroke. Yeah. But that's the thing. You you don't play on the fact that Slade can be funny. You play on the fact that Slade is fucking ruthless. Well, and he's he's like the most deadly fucking dude. And this is is the thing: the costume's different. As long as long as they don't try to make him do quips and be funny. He'd be fine. Maybe give him one in the movie or two tops. Like one-liners and stuff, yeah. But, like, if he's a funny dude, people are going to be like, ah, oh, that's a knockoff Deadpool, and then the movie's killed. Mm-hmm. Just like that. But if they did a badass, like, almost like what a Batman movie should be mm-hmm. for a villain, like Deathstroke, that would be, oh, it'd be incredible. Have him start the movie with his eye <laughs> and then fucking lose it. Like, they could do you know, an Arrow movie. The Flash movie that's coming out, they Flashpoint. Well, yeah, they could they could do a fun rogues gallery of the Flash's like greatest hits. You got Mister Freeze or King Cold. King Cold, Mister Freeze is a bad guy. Captain Cold. Captain Cold. I don't know. I don't know things. I'm I'm definitely not a DC big big DC guy. Yeah. Um, I mean, you could do like you know Captain Cold. uh, You can do uh, Mirror Master, which would be a ton of fun to do Mm -hmm. as a character. You know, now reverse that I flash. think about it, you know, reverse flash. It would have been ideal for them as uh, as a company to have brought in a young Batman. I love Ben Affleck though. Like, he's um, doing, don't, don't get me wrong. Oh yeah, no, he's, I, he's I been do doing love very good Ben job. Affleck's Batman. But it would have been more ideal for them to find that young dude. Do yeah. a do a movie against do a movie against Deadshot. Do a yeah. do a movie against Killer Croc. Do a movie against Joker. Do a movie against Harley. 
do a movie against Diablo. Mm. Then do the Suicide Squad movie while they're all locked up because of the Batman movie. And not have your main villain be some unknown. And not make Enchantress the villain. They could do like... Let her show up. Sure. Why not? I don't care. But... Don't make a character that no one cares about. I'd like to see. I'd like to see them do a Batman movie that is a bit film noir. You know, that you, uh-huh. you get that deep, brooding, dark. I Batman was happy with, with I, Alfred being kind of like the comedy relief here and there. I was yeah. happy with the darkness of Batman and Batman versus Superman. Like, yes, branding people so they get the shit beat out of them in jail if not killed. Like that was yeah, that was extremely I, that was dark. dark as fuck. Yeah, the whole. If you get the uh, director's cut of that movie, the whole fight scene in the warehouse where he's trying to save Martha, he like, he fucking kills half of them dudes. Yeah, like blood splatters on the wall and shit. Well, that's the other thing though. Like, Batman traditionally was not a killer, and that they took that. That's that. That is the point in these movies that I, that I do not like because it's took they, you know, you took somebody. It's a. It's like making Deadpool not kill people. To me, that's like... I it's, think it's, it's different though because if you take a character like Batman who started off with such a a cartoonish, childish, like for the kids role as a traditional hero. Yeah. And then you apply him to the modern era, there's no way he's gonna be the dark dude and the the guy that's not gonna I think they could. The thing is the problem is is nowadays it's easy to say, have him kill people, Deadpool kill people, have him kill people. It's important to have heroes for kids that don't go that extra step. And yeah, these are these these movies are for adults too, but it's important to have those lines. Even with the know. kids thing though, they kind of established that the DC movies were gonna take that real world tone where if it's you or the bad guy, the bad guy's gotta go. They took that tone immediately with Man of Steel where Superman's like, you know, it's in my it's in my head all the time. If I kill somebody, I'm never coming back from it. But Zod's about to murder a fucking family right in front of me. So I'm breaking his fucking neck. Well, like, yeah. it's it's established things, and in that moment, he's like, "Well, this dude's mom is the is the connection that I have to him. I res- I can respect that the only reason he was fighting me was because I couldn't see that he just wants to save his mom, like I never could." Well, there's, there's times in a, in a tragic moment to take a life, but it's completely different if you're just Batman fighting a bunch of guys in a warehouse and just killing them indiscriminately. But he was doing it because. <laughs> He had to get to Martha in, in the end game. I know. So like, but that's also that writing. Moment, that's writing though. That's writing that well, to happen. Yeah, you know, you could well, write it. Theatrical in- release wasn't though. Yeah. maybe that's just Zack Snyder's vision that yes, Batman can do this. I th- I still think it's kind of bullshit when you look at the Dark Knight trilogy in comparison though, when he's like saying that over and over that that's his one rule. When in the first fucking movie, he killed Ra's al Ghul by fucking crashing the damn train with him in it. <laughs> that's different. Like, again, again, that's yeah, so, time and place. Though, that's you know? so bad, though. He's like, I won't kill people. Bro, like, you just killed somebody <laughs> in Gotham right in front of Wayne Enterprises. Like what are you one doing? Guy. He was a really, and it's just like, I don't, I'm not going to kill you, the train is. And then you just got PTSD from it. Like, come on, man. Yeah, that's pretty bad. You've seen Liam Neeson like 12 times after that. Yeah, <laughs> right. He's like, oh, oh no. <laughs> But, like, I just, I don't know. I'm, I'm fine with Batman killing for the right reason rather than just at will. If, yeah. Like, I mean, there was a moment or two in Batman vs. Superman where he killed the dude, and I was kind of like, ah, a little overkill. Yeah, exactly. Like, where he was flying the bat jet, and he fucking just came through and just sprayed up all the cars and blew them all oh, up that's while right. the guys were in them. Yeah. I was kind of like... Again, using a ton of guns, which Batman does do sometimes in the comics, but... He does, but it's it's not... He's it's not, like not usually to that extent. 
Um, I found that to be. I understand the dire, putting. the dire situation. Yeah, I, I still stand by it. I think they should have done a young Batman and then progressed him. And I know people are always like, oh, well, you're never going to do Batman better than Christian Bale. You're never going to do Batman better than Michael Keaton. You're never going to do Batman better than... Some people are like, Adam West is the best. And I think that's the biggest fucking joke on the planet. But I don't care. I'm not going to judge you for it. Like, I think any new Batman is going to be cool unless you're fucking Val Kilmer. Like, <laughs> <laughs> seriously. Yeah, that's like, very true. I mean, you, no matter how many times you do it, we've already had five or six Batmans by now. Like, it's they've a little gone late the, to be gone, upset. They've gone the goofy route, and they need to not do that again, ever. Them cheesy jokes in Justice League kind of killed it for me. You, they, again, they took it down a weird path that I don't think they knew where they were going. I kind of blame Joss for the awkward oh, no, conversation. It was, well, it's it's definitely Joss's um, style. Yeah. He's, you know, the Buffyverse style stuff that he does. Mm -hmm. It's very quippy, funny remarks, serious situation, funny remarks. Mm -hmm. And it's, you know, it's a big, the, like, terms he used, he invented the term, like, big bad. Which, yeah. You know, for these shows, what's the big bad of the week? You know, like right. the big bad of the week. A lot of people use that term. It's Joss's writing for yeah. Buffy. That's Sarah Michelle Geller mm -hmm. and her little Scooby, her Scooby team little... saying, like, I go, well, no, who's the big bad? Uh -huh. You know, who's the bad guy we got to fight and kill and then move on to the next big bad? You know. Yeah, he's a, he's <laughs> definitely got a different taste than most. Um, sometimes it hits, sometimes it doesn't. Oh, yeah. Justice League, cool. you can see when his humor comes in and it doesn't hit. It is as different it's kind of as painful. night and day. <laughs> You know, I mean, he's, you seriously have like these moments of seriousness, like in the beginning when Wonder Woman's like, "I gotta fucking save all these people in this bank," because these dudes about to nuke fucking three blocks of London, like, and then she does that, and then like five minutes later, Batman's like, just a fucking weirdo, like he's pacing around and saying shit that yeah. Batman would never say, and exactly, unnecessarily rallying people up. You know. And then, yeah, when he said all that <laughs> shit about Steve Trevor to Wonder Woman, I'm just like, mm -hmm. Batman would never say that. Ever. He wouldn't Joss. care. It's not important. He, he wouldn't care. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but, like, and then you got the stupid, awkward scene where you see Superman, and Superman's like, like, oh, glad you, you're glad to see me or whatever, or something well, about you, you hate not me. hate you. And he was like, I don't, oh, uh, not hate you. Oh, but it's like it was really dumb that's just yeah. awkward bro don't do that it was like a 12 year old I, it reminded me of like a fanboy that like never seen his idol <laughs> and then he stepped on a shoe or something and then he was like oh I'm so, I didn't mean to step uh, and then like you're just like dude that's awkward yeah like the it's just they they kind of fucked it awkward humor does not work with Batman it no doesn't. it doesn't but yeah, I don't know what they're going to do with the future of this this Universe. I think, like like you said, I think they should wipe the slate clean, mm -hmm. stick with Wonder Woman, really try to get this Flash movie done. I think Flash would be somebody you could keep, too, because he's young enough. The problem, though, is that Ezra, it's been, it's already been, what, two years since they filmed Justice League? I mean, at this Just point... Just about. I mean, he's you're, you're near this point where him, as an actor, he's going to be like... He's you know, probably tired of it. He's going to be like, you know what, dude? I don't care. I'm moving on to do other things. Mm -hmm. I'm going to grow a beard for this movie. I'm shaving yeah. my head for this movie. You know, I'm not going to... I just can't... Why go back to this character that I played five years ago? Yeah. And another thing, you know, like... I don't know what it is. I don't know if Warner Brothers is delegating the right amount of budget to the DC in part of their movies anyway. Because, you know, Warner Brothers has a lot of movies under their belt, you know. They got oh, yeah. the fucking Matrix under their belt. They got fucking all the Harry Potter movies under their belt. Like, they got a lot of shit there. But, like... I don't know what it is. The DC movies, they don't 
like probably nine times out of ten they don't get CGI right. And I gotta yeah. wonder how much money are they fucking budgeting these movies out to? Like, yeah. alright, I'm not gonna lie, the fucking the fight for the mother box in the um like that middle area of Justice League where they had the fucking Green Lanterns and the the humans and the gods and the yeah. and the Themyscirin chicks, the Amazons, and like they're all fighting Steppenwolf and the uh whatever the the parademons. And then in comes Steppenwolf looking like a PlayStation 1 cutscene. <laughs> like they just kept on making it like worse almost by like adding effects to the effects. It just looked bad. It's like they were trying to cover up their mistakes. Don't mind me, ladies and gentlemen. I'm, just, I'm getting a protein shake because I'm <laughs> the appropriate time to do it while we're recording a podcast with a very sensitive microphone. Always an appropriate time. Is to uh, get a protein shake. Shake this up real good. But, uh, uh, yeah, but like, and I think a lot of the CGI in uh, Batman versus Superman was okay too. I don't think there was many moments in that movie where I really no, cringed at it. I, I didn't. I really liked the dark side scene. I thought the Batman v Superman special effects were just fine. Much better Justice than Justice League. League stood out as being particularly bad. You know, you're talking to somebody who was born in 1977, who grew, grew up watching yeah. the progression of of special effects. I mean, you know, my first computer was a Commodore 64. You know, games were like literally like, you know, 28 kilobytes. You know, floppy disks. The games were, you know, one screen. You had to go for the high score. That shit. I've seen these things progress. That movie it was, a was a step backwards. Mm-hmm. Bad. And it's, it was insulting in a way. Even because Suicide Squad did better. Yeah. And, and Suicide <laughs> Squad had some really, like, questionable moments. And I've had discussions with, with you know, some of these uh, writers and the artists and stuff from these you know different companies. And they've all said the same thing. They're like, we don't really understand when we, you know, if somebody asks, you know, hey, what's our opinion on it? We give them an honest opinion and people freak out. Mm-hmm. You know, because it was bad. It's bad. I'll tell somebody, the first thing you learn, my wife, you know, has told me this too. She's like, the first thing you learn as an artist, that you need to learn as an artist, is to take criticism, recognize that you screwed up, and to fix it or do it again. If you did shitty art, you know, you crumble it up, you start over. You know, she had an art teacher that would do this. She would she'd go, you know, she'd turn something in, the art teacher would go, this is crap O'Hara, and rip it up in front of her face, mm-hmm. throw it away, Sometimes make her do it again. That. And you need that. And some of the, I think, quite honestly, some of these CGI people for these companies have never been told that they, they're shitty. They've never been told they're bad. Or these, uh, you know. And so you have the director is going, dudes. this is good, this is good, everybody thinks this is good, and everybody in the room. Just yes men. Is, are yes men that are Nancy boys that have never mm-hmm. been told no. Yeah. And everybody approves it. It goes in front of an like, audience. Hey, the audience job, and, and the audience is excited <laughs> because they're seeing a film that they've want for, with characters that they've wanted to see their whole lives. They think it's not the finished product. It's the finished fucking product, you know. Yeah. And it happens a lot. I've seen people at comic cons. I've seen people that are well-known artists, you know, in the community, absolutely lose their shit because somebody comes up and says. You know, hey, you're. Why did you do this in this book? This this doesn't look like the normal art you do. You know, it wasn't very good, and they just they can't take the criticism. Or they'll get in a conversation with somebody who's been in the industry forever. Mm-hmm. You know, that's a really really good artist. Yeah. And they're like, well, yeah, he and I, he and I, you know, we do similar work. It's like, no, you don't. You do crap. He does good work. But you just don't want to accept that because you're young and you're, you know, you've never been told that your work is shit. You know, the first time, right. it's it's really difficult to see sometimes, too, 
the first time you see an artist realize, you'll see the look on his face when he realizes that, you know, the work that he does, that he thinks so highly of. Someone else is just like, Somebody's just shitting on it. Yeah. You know, I mean, badly. Mm-hmm. You know, it's going it's to happen. And like I said, these, these artists for, that have done the CGI for these films, and sometimes I think, honestly, the directors, the producers, you know, the, the executives... No one's telling them that it looks like shit. Mm-hmm. And then it comes out, and the blame game starts. You know, yeah. you know, or you get the the apologies. You know, it's not that bad. It doesn't seem that bad. But the but the writing was good. But it's not that bad. You know, right? Or the yeah. writing was bad, but this part was good. Or you know, mm-hmm. they'll just they'll make all the excuses in the world, but really there is none. No, you know, you know there should be at least one executive producer stepping in and saying this needs to be better. Why is this part so bad? Why does Steppenwolf look like he's fucking made for the damn Nintendo 64? There's like, a reason, like, why there's a separation between the writers and, you know, the final product sometimes. Or even, mm-hmm. like, like, a book. You look at Game of Thrones. Yeah. We'll go back to Game of Thrones. Um, the TV series versus the book series. The book series, George R.R. R. Martin is a very sick and twisted individual. Oh, yeah. Sometimes he does stuff to people in his books simply to spite his fans. Yeah. Whereas in the TV series, they know better than to do that because they know who, who butters their bread. Yeah. And you can't purposely try to piss off the fans. I mean, they'll just, kill off people. They don't care. Oh, yeah, but no, they'll they do it the right too. way. They're not going to fucking just mutilate your favorite character on the spot just because. Yeah, they'll make it, they'll, they'll make it have a reason. It like makes the sense. Red Wedding and things yeah. like that, you know. Like, you know, uh, Bella's care, Bella Ramsey's character uh, is this ferocious and terrifying little girl mm-hmm. who's the Lord of Bear Island, you know, Lana Mormont. Mm-hmm. And as soon as he found out everybody loved her, he goes, oh, I yeah, he made a little note, made a point of saying he's going to have something very special for her. Her death will be particularly, you know, horrible. Mm-hmm. And, and people were just like, why would you do why? that? What's the point? All you're going to do is alienate your fans and mm-hmm. piss them off. It's because there's that disconnect, too, though, that allows the TV show to be successful. Right. The books are great, but you couldn't make those books into a show because people, the mainstream audience, are not going to want to see that crap. Right. You know, it's the same thing with these these movies. You know, I went off on a big tangent there, but coming back around to the you know the DC movies and stuff like that. This universe, these people are making decisions that make no sense. And it's because somebody in some drawing room or some writing room somewhere is writing this shit out, and they're just doing that. They're not questioning it. Yeah. No one is standing there going, what are you doing? Mm-hmm. Why are you giving him... <clears throat> have him shave off his goddamn mustache, yeah. pay him to pay the breach of contract cost, and, and that, that's, that other movie can deal with... That's atrocious. ...gluing a movie on I didn't even. I haven't even heard about the other movie. I've never even heard about the other movie where he has the mustache. Like, why would Justice League lose out because of that? You know? Like, I haven't heard of any real Henry Cavill movies besides his Justice League-based shit, you know? I know he's a good actor outside of it, whatever. I know he's got a few movies to his name. I just don't know what those movies are because they aren't as... It, they aren't as culturally relevant. The smart thing to do would have been to simply shave his freaking mustache mm-hmm. and then compensate him for the breach of contract. That's all they should have did, and it should have been one hundred percent. And it would have been over with. He could have grown the mustache. He could have. It's it's far easier to buy a fake mustache and put exactly. it on him and say it's like, far easier say like hey man, the, we'll just tell Paramount this is uh, the real deal. That again was Warner Brothers not knowing what they're doing. 
thinking the fans will be fine with it and trusting that these people who did really and it was a last minute job too. yeah then like, trusting these people that did really bad CGI mm-hmm. uh, to fix it and whoever did it was just got awful some, I, I've seen people that have like we, we saw that YouTube video the guy, the guy did, did it, it with, on his with, own Mm-hmm. His his uh, it was computer, like a free program. It was a free program, and his computer like he just he did it as home computer, <laughs> and, and it all. looked so much, and better. it looked way better than what they did, and that's that's, that's telling. Professional, they're paid to do. Oh, it. I'm sure they made a lot of money to do, it. and that's very telling, because it shows again that they don't know what they're doing, and this yeah. is the thing. This is why I think they need to step back from that because they're gonna keep they're gonna literally bury this shit in the ground so badly. That no fan is going to want them to touch these you know, characters. Maybe they're for maybe years. they're purposely burying it to an extent, though. Make the movies as bad as possible, so that when the next wave comes around of DC movies, you'll never be able to think it's bad. <laughs> I don't think they like, purposely try to lose money. It's just though. <laughs> you know. Well, what I mean? well maybe well, they Fox are, maybe did they that aren't Fantastic though. Four. Maybe they aren't though. Justice League still did about seven, eight hundred million. Well, the, the thing is though, they're not going to be able to do that again. Yeah, there's gonna be, yeah there's fanboys. Well, if they do the right movies, they could. I but think Flashpoint would still have a big draw because of the story. Flashpoint. I being think the problem though, such a dude, famous story. I think if they get a habit of putting out crappy movies, people are eventually just gonna stop going to see them and just gonna start downloading them. Oh, well, you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, but it's just like the movie had such a shitty reputation. Oh was, yeah, it, it got like, shit on. Huh? But see, I think a lot of that movie shit that it got was for. The fact that it wasn't Marvel, like you know, at that time period, it was kind of it was the second DC movie of the universe. Like they went straight from Man of Steel right into it, and it was like, you know, people were like, "All right, well, they're trying to catch up and this and that." So we're Marvel dudes over here. So fuck you. Like it, it seemed like a direct attack on the reviews and on the just anything social media, but I mean. The longer it goes, the better the reviews got for it. Like, it did end up at, like, a solid, like, 80% on Rotten Tomatoes or something, which yeah. isn't terrible. There are Marvel movies that are lower than that. But, oh, yeah. I mean, Thor The Dark World, I think, has, like, a 60% rating or something. It's pretty shit. There are some bad movies, yeah. But, um, I mean, I, I didn't have a terrible time watching Thor The Dark World, but I know it's the probably the worst of all of them. Well, but the thing is, though, is, like, people like us that like... These movies that like comic books are going to go see them because we like the characters. Love it, and you know I think that's that's ninety percent of the people that will are repeatedly going to see these films. It's nostalgia. It's neat to see a character you grew up to we love. We care about this. Yeah, as, as in real life, mm-hmm. you know, well on the screen, you know. Yeah, I mean every now and then they hit a home run. Gal Gadot is absolutely perfect as Wonder Woman. She is just perfect. like Chadwick Boseman is perfect for Black Panther. Like, and what's his name? Cast. What's his name is uh, good for is perfect for Luke Cage. Um, oh yeah, I don't know his name. I, I forget. He's um, brilliant though. Oh yeah, brilliant. You know, but then you you also make screw ups. You know, you get the guy that plays Iron Fist, who my first you know experience was as a. a uh, I blame the writers on Game of Thrones. I blame the writers. You know. And he's he's still he's a he's a good actor, but he he I think he looks like what I would probably expect Iron Fist to look yeah, like Dan as Green, far yeah. as a, like facial appearance and you know stuff like that. I don't think his mentality is there for me. I don't think the fact that they left the outfit out mm. is there for me. If they had him in a kung fu outfit that was green and that was it, he didn't have the headband. I'd probably still be fine with it. The dude's wearing fucking rags half the time, like fucking. He's wearing like shitty button ups and like bad pants. Like, 
all the time in the show. Like, give him his fucking outfit. Like, that's that's why we wanted to watch Iron Fist. We watched Daredevil, got through season one, and by the end of it, he was wearing his all-red outfit, looking like a badass. Mm-hmm. Luke Cage, we understood. Like, he's not fucking wearing the Power Man outfit in, in, in this year. Yeah, yeah. But, but they still showed it at one point, at least. And then they had him fucking wear the modern version of that with the yellow shirt, the jeans, and he he carried it. And then in Iron Fist too, though you've got um, uh, like they show they 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 basically emasculated him. Oh yeah, you know, but they complete bitch. By well, by showing him, you know, they they did a reference to the Iron Fist that was the previous Iron Fist Uh who had both fists glowing. Yeah. So Danny is just, he's just a shitty. The, he's a he's shitty one. He's a, he's a shitty Iron <laughs> Fist. You know, so it's just like immediately you're going. Well, wait a second. This isn't like our the hero that we want. I'm, this is the hero that they just. I'm gets. not gonna lie. I, I didn't like Iron Fist. I only watched the first three four episodes and I gave up on it because it was yeah. just I did I couldn't stand watching him as a fucking bum try to win his friends back that think he's fucking dead. Like I couldn't I couldn't watch that. I didn't. But I didn't. I, 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 like, I, I put the, myself the in three just in case it got good. Because Daredevil, I remember, the first couple episodes were kind of slow. But at least by the end of like that second or third episode, it had that badass hallway yeah. scene. And it was so fucking good. That's what made me love the Netflix series. But Danny didn't have that moment nope. in, in the first three episodes. Nope. And that kind of killed it for me. Yeah. It was just shitty story. No real fighting. It was a lot of threats going on and shit, but no real fighting. And if I'm going to watch an Iron Fist thing, I want to see him use the Iron Fist. Oh, I know. It was but really, really bad. The Defenders did kind of save him as a character for me because of the relationship he develops with Luke Cage. Yes. And, and now I hear Luke Cage is coming uh, with Iron Fist in his new in his new season. Like, that's the only, but that's because that's the only thing that's going to freaking save Iron Fist. Yes. And I think they know that. Yeah. I think if they're going to do an Iron Fist season two, it's got to include Luke Cage. It might even have to include uh, the rest of the Defenders, you know? Daredevil yeah. and Jessica. Yeah. Even if it's only for like an episode, they all team up again. Like, and I did enjoy the, the Defenders. I think the final fight was fucking epic. Um, and the fucking office fight was great too. And the fact that Sigourney Weaver fucking died—that was crazy. But um, <laughs> I thought that was interesting. Spoilers, by the way, ladies yeah. and gentlemen. Spoiler: You, you we, should just know by, this by point. now. Yeah, we're at episode eleven. Now. Eleven. Yeah, yeah, you yeah. should just know. You, by should, this point. you should be fully aware that there's going to be spoilers. A lot of spoilers. It's pretty bad. We enjoy it. We like hurting you. You should have watched it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I was thinking about this for these these Netflix series. Okay, Jerome Flynn. Okay. Um, is like <laughs> he's coming to the Motor City Comic Con or whatever, you know. Yeah. He's uh, what should I call it? He plays Bronn in Game of Thrones, right? This is a guy whose face, you know, he's he's a young, well, youngish, you know, looking actor. He's I'd say he's probably fifty or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but Jerome, he's got that weathered look to his face. He would make a really really good villain for one of these TV series. They need to start tapping these. These famous, well-known actors that do other TV shows that have the pedigree and have the acting skills to pull it off, mm-hmm. and you know that I think Sigourney Weaver was a big step though for TV like series. I don't know. I mean, I liked Sigourney Weaver a lot, but I didn't like her in that role because I kept looking and go get Sigourney Weaver. You know, I'm like, oh my god, it's Sigourney Weaver. Well, yeah, you, you don't know? see her as the villain she is. Exactly, more, but like. I mean, 
because she's so even good. casting her in the first place is a huge step. Yeah. Oh yeah. You no, know, I'm sure that, getting I'm sure. a name. Well, maybe that's why it sucks so bad because that was like the entire budget. Like. Oh yeah. <laughs> like, I, I we can't afford writers, so we're gonna read the back of story. She fucking boxes. died off two episodes before it was over, though. Yeah, I know. Like, she fucking Electra smoked her ass. Yeah. Um. But no, I think it was like probably the right move to cast her at least. Um, John Bernthal. Great cast oh as the Punisher. God, like fucking incredible. Better than any iteration we've gotten on TV. Let's say the last time I saw Bernthal in person, he was at Motor City Comic Con, uh-huh. and he uh, he had his distress shirt unbuttoned half, almost all the way down to his navel, and the, <laughs> and the collar like flayed way out. His, his chest was all showing, and he was just like he was having the time of his freaking life. It was right <laughs> after um, he had gotten killed off on. Uh, Walking Dead. Walking Dead. And it was so freaking funny. Because you see him, he was just like, all right, man, yeah. And so he happy. Just, yeah, he was just like so freaking happy. That's the same year Jason Momoa was there too, though. So he had all these, and Jason was right down for him. No, yeah, he had like, like beefcake land. You know, <laughs> this, one whole, this one whole row of the con was just beefcake, beefcake, beefcake. That's hilarious. Oh, that was the same year that uh, Kate Mulgrew was there. George Takei. Oh, yeah. And she was right next to him. And you've got George Takei, like, just, you know, a line out the door to see him constantly. Just George with a line for George. And then right next to him, you had the woman who played Captain Catherine Janeway in, Janeway in Star Trek Voyager. And no one's coming up to her. Like, you'll have one or oh, two people terrible. go up and, and stuff, and then she's just, like, sitting there just sour-faced and angry. That's sad. You know, it was pretty, it was pretty funny, actually. <laughs> so far as no one, though. Like, you know, like, you would think there would be one person. Well, there like, were people here and there, but she was just, like... Well, she's looked mad. I think people didn't want to approach her because she looked mad. But yeah. The comic book conventions can be a lot of fun. Yeah. It is interesting to um, approach people. You know, they use they use not necessarily celebrities. You know, things like that. You know, just but uh, but the, the comic book writers, yeah. the comic book artists, people that you've seen. You know, you're you're you you grew up reading your entire life. You're like, oh god, you you did this. You know, I'm I'm, I'm really mad that I didn't actually. Go up and talk to like some of the old school guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I obviously didn't get to meet Jack Kirby. You know, Jack Kirby passed away in 1994. Yeah, it was before the cons really got huge. But I've met some of the other guys that have had influences in Marvel comics, and they're neat. They're down to earth. They're a lot of fun. And the neat thing about the cons is being able to go there and meet these people, and you can ask their opinion about some of these movies and stuff, like we're talking about, and they'll be honest with you about it because they don't care. Mm. I mean, they're still in the industry. They're not going to shit on other people's work, but they'll tell you, like, you know, yeah, I don't like, you know, I don't know what they were thinking. Why did they write him that way? I didn't make him that way. Yeah. You know? But, like, what are you going to do, though? If you make a character and someone wants to interpret it differently, what are you going to do? I know, but there's certain, I mean, you got you to wonder if that pisses them off. I mean, I'm sure it does. You know, if you create, like, well, like, like McFarlane created Spawn, and then they, what if they turned Spawn into some, like, Deadpool-esque slapstick kind of character. Well, that's a little ridiculous. You're changing the identity, but like. But they they've done that with a couple of characters. Yeah, now, you know where they just completely flip flop the personality and the way they act. And stuff. Yeah, see, that's the thing though. Like, if you're doing it just to like change up this the shit, that's no, don't do it. But if like you're doing it in a way like Marvel and DC have done it recently, where like. Um, I mean, maybe not recently, because this was a while ago, but, like, the Red Sun story. Let's give a new story where we're fucking, like, Superman is a fucking communist Russian. Oh, yeah, he landed in Russia, and landing in the U.S., yeah. and then the Russians basically used him to take over the world. And, oh, yeah. yeah, like, and Batman's on his fucking vigilante ship, but he wears this full fucking... 
like whatever they call them hats that's like fucking awesome um, the furry ones? Yes. Oh, the Russian ones? Really? I don't know what they're called. I gotta read that story later. The, the Batman in that story is great. Um, Wonder Woman's in it. She's got her whole fucking uh, Russian gear on and shit. It's all gray and like red. It's, it's fucking sweet. Weird. Um, but it's just a change in direction for one story purpose. And that's like, I would never tell somebody no if I were a writer. And they were like, hey, I'm gonna do this one story. And then that'll be it and maybe somebody else can tap into it later if they want to I don't care but like I think this would be an interesting spin Secret Empire a lot of uh, a lot of people pissed with Captain because, America because Cap is evil yeah. Yeah. because he's a Hydra Hydra agent and he always has been uh, and he's like a sleeper up until a certain point and then he gets triggered and he's like hail Hydra and you're like oh fuck like what, <laughs> what, 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 have, what have we done to deserve this and then like you read through the story and you realize oh shit this is because of a change in canon where you get to a certain point and red skull changes canon he uses the cosmic cube to change mm-hmm. canon yeah and he makes cap evil from a young age and then he's just brainwashed with this hydra shit early on and then you go fucking however many years and then he's like you know, hail Hydra, let me take over the fucking world and keep all the heroes out in space while the other half gotta fight me down here. And it all makes sense in this in the scope of the story. But I don't think that would make um the original writers of Captain America mad because it's only a limited series. It's a fucking it's like twelve directly related to Cap. Yeah. And then it's probably like another twenty to thirty that are like side character tie-ins and shit. I hate tie-in comics when they do that, though. It's a lot to have, take in. Have like five or six tie-ins to call it a day. Don't do it for every goddamn character. In well, the they book. well they kind of had to with Secret Empire because you got to explain. They did that with Infinity War. You got to explain why Wakanda isn't fucking doing anything. <laughs> you got to explain why the X Men are sitting back. You got to explain why Deadpool is actually a, on the bad side in this. You got to explain why Thor is refusing to fight back. Like, there's so many elements to Secret Empire that make it make sense in that story. But, like, don't just do it just because. Like, have an yeah. end game there. Like, bringing classic Cap back and having him fight evil Cap and then imprisoning evil Cap while old Cap is still running around doing his thing, that's the way to do it. Yeah. Like, because now we have classic Cap back. He's old, but shit. Logan's old, like, fucking, he's yeah. lived forever. Well, that's the other thing, too. Marvel has really shaken their universe up a lot. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not afraid to do that. DC, we killed off Superman. Oh, we brought him back. We killed him. It's like, you, you know. Death of Superman, I was shocked when I seen it in Batman versus Superman. I, when I seen Doomsday, it was the first thing I thought was going to happen. I'm like, yeah. shit, they're going to do Death of Superman. Yeah, this yeah, is about yeah. to be fucking awesome. Yeah. And then I watched it, I'm like, damn, it was fucking awesome. It feels early. Yeah, it's... Like, we haven't seen shit from Superman besides Man of Steel. Like, we've exactly, already got the death. Exactly. Like, they rushed it again. Mm-hmm. The, the films are slightly incoherent, yeah. I think, at this point. I feel bad for the people involved with the Flash films because they don't... Um, they don't really have a chance unless they fix whatever's going on mm-hmm. in the Warner Brothers, you know, uh, studio, whatever that is going on in that shop. Mm-hmm. 
is not working. It's dysfunctional. If it's their writers, if it's their producers, whoever it is, somebody somewhere is dropping the ball. Consistently. Well, they lack they lack aesthetic cohesion. Mm-hmm. Um, the cast don't really have a lot of chemistry. They're all individual, really good actors and actresses. Yeah, um, they do kind of just jam the same characters down our throats in every movie. Mm-hmm. They don't. They're, they're afraid to actually. Um, Take a chance on some of these, you know, Watchmen secondary characters. Watchmen were bold when it came out. The, oh yeah, people had put in them positions were very mm-hmm. risky roles because none of them really had anything besides. Uh, I mean, it's almost like name? it was. It was almost like it was a movie about second tier characters from the DC universe. Yeah. you know what I mean. Like the whole movie was about characters that. I mean, Jeffrey Dean Morgan fucking died like first <laughs> scene of the movie. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, he showed up later and raped what's her name. That was fucked up. But like, I mean. It was just a very shake-up kind of movie. Like, it was like, here's your traditional comic movie. Fuck that. We're going to do this instead. Exactly. You know? Yeah. Like, I mean, you can tell there's a lot of studio interference, and that's what's killing it. I don't know what to, I don't know what to say about it. I mean, at this point, honestly, like, unless they can come out and say, look, this is... Because they need to admit what they did wrong. So this is the thing. They're not going to admit They it. need to come out and say, look, okay, our films have been grossing a lot of money. Yeah. You know, we have big visions for this universe. Mm-hmm. We made a mistake. Yeah. We made a mistake because of this, this, and this. We fixed that. We're not going to do that again. This is our battle plan. This is our universe that we're planning out mm-hmm. for the next six films. At least six. Have a battle plan. Have goal posts that you yeah. can reach for. You know, like... Because you should. You, they don't have any... I mean, there might be something somewhere on a damn chalkboard. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Somewhere in in Warner Brothers Studio, something planned out a little bit, like diagrammed, or maybe it is on the net. And I simply haven't seen it because I don't give a shit. Right. Um, but there just doesn't seem to be an action plan. And as yeah, somebody there's who no course correction that seems to be taking place. The thing is, is like you know, as somebody who like I help run a business. We have an action plan. We have stuff planned ahead for years in advance of what we want to do with this business. You know, and you have to do that. You have to treat it like a business. You have to be serious about it. You can't just let a bunch of different directors and creators do their own shit and then hope it all kind of works out and meshes together. Yeah. You know, you can't do that. So, uh, you know, I think, like I said, they need to do, they need to step back, they need to do the second Wonder Woman movie. They need to introduce fun characters into that movie that they can do another movie off of, like the Teen Titans, or something where they can have young kids play these characters that they can have progress over the next 10 years that won't age out of the damn role. Mm-hmm. You know, Gal Gadot's not going to want to do Wonder Woman in 10 years. She's just not. She could. You know, she's physically in incredible shape. Oh, yeah. But she's probably not going to feel like doing it forever. Mm-hmm. You know, Ben Affleck obviously is not going to be doing it anymore because he's he, the, the, he not his doing His final it. one is Flashpoint. But he would age out of the role. Yeah. Henry Cavill. That's why he's doing Flashpoint. Henry, Henry Cavill has aged out of that role already. You look at him. Yeah, he's already, like, on the way You look at out. him and he's, he's just, you no. Know, Old you man know. Superman doesn't work. It does not. You know, and the thing is, it's not the Superman that they're doing with these bulging muscles and the uh, the look they're giving him is not quite the same as they did uh, with doing with Christopher Reeve, where there it's, he is. it's it's a guy who <clears throat> wasn't. I mean, he, he was in shape. You know, he was not like the dude had a gut or anything hanging out. Right. You know, but he wasn't like humongously ripped on steroids and shit. I'm not saying like you know, these guys do steroids. But he wasn't, like, humongously ripped and overly large. And, like, yeah. you know, you can do a little bit of that with CGI anyway nowadays. Well, I mean, for perspective, 
Justice League is number 114 on the worldwide box office gross. Mm. It's got about 600 and something million made to it. Whereas Batman versus Superman is 56 on that list. Wow. So it's way above Justice League. And it's at fucking 873 million worldwide. Which means it outgrossed Justice League by 200 million. Which means the fans know. And Warner Brothers' pockets know. Mm-hmm. That they can't keep doing it at this rate. Hell, even uh, Wonder Woman did... Uh, Wonder Woman was 67 on the list. 821. Wonder Woman almost outbeat just Justice League by 200 million. A standalone. I mean, Man of Steel is really low on this list, I think. Because people weren't sure what to think of it, but... <laughs> Suicide Squad beat it out. 90. That's bad. I mean... I mean, it was, but Suicide Squad was fun. It was fun. It was yeah. playful. But... Suicide Squad should never beat out a Justice League movie ever. No. In a live action setting where it's never happened before on screen. We've never been given a Justice League movie. Like besides animated shit, what do we have? That's very true. We that's our that's our first introduction to the team. Like that's atrocious. It's pretty bad. Yeah, I mean it's, it's just it's disappointing. I mean Marvel isn't exactly innocent, but they've yet to do one that was so bad. That I would be like, their studio sucks and they have no idea what they're doing. You know, there are some movies there's missteps here and there, but they recover from it. Yeah. They go back and they do reshoots. Mm-hmm. Or they tweak the, the plot later in <clears throat> to reflect the change, you know, to cover up the shitty thing they did at the beginning of the movie. You know? Man of Steel actually beat out Justice League. Yeah, and that was bad. the first one of the DC universe. It beat it out by three placements. <laughs> Kevin Costner. Oh man! Letting like, committing suicide to protect his son's identity so stupid. So dumb. I don't know that movie. I love that movie. I don't care. <laughs> He's such a fan. I really love that movie. I think Man of Steel is probably the best thing to happen to Superman. Like as far as movies go, it was very good. It was a fresh. There day. was that other Superman movie that happened. It was it two thousand and five. I think it was all five. Superman Returns, yeah. where it was supposed to be Christopher Reeve comes back. Yeah, but it wasn't Christopher Reeve. It's the guy that's fucking uh, the Adam now. Um, on and it doesn't make sense Legends for tomorrow. it to be the Christopher Reeve Superman either, really, because at that point he was. I mean, he and Lois should have been in their forties. Yeah, you know what I mean. Or, I don't know if it was necessarily meant as like a sequel to all of the Christopher Reeve movies, or if it was like meant to be in between two of them. Or yeah, I think whatever. they ignored three and four. That might have been the case. They might have just been like fuck those movies. Well, that yeah, four was really bad. It yeah. was really really horrible. You know, so so. And I, you know, at the time, not knowing much about comics, not knowing much about characters, being only fucking like eleven years old, like. That movie wasn't the worst thing in the world to me. I thought some of it was really fucking cool. I didn't understand the ending at all. I was kind of like, why the fuck does he have to lift this fucking kryptonite mountain? Why is that, <laughs> that even was, a thing? Yeah, like, it made no sense. Some of the directions that they took in that movie. Kevin Spacey as Lex Luthor is probably the most garbage casting I've ever seen that in my was, life. Yeah, it was really bad. Um, Gene Hackman isn't dead. <laughs> right. I would rather see Gene do it. <laughs> Gene was a fun Luther. He was crazy, oh, but he was. Yeah. Gene has this manic intensity in his eyes. Uh-huh. When he does a role, you just you're like, you believe what the hell he's doing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It's not like I don't, know, I don't know what they were doing with that. Yeah, it was. It's kind of all over the place. So we got like 
This is, this is a basic thing. DC sucks. <laughs> um, they need to get their shit together. Uh, no, DC doesn't. They definitely suck. need to figure out a direction. They need that's to. The, that's they their need, biggest thing. They need to tap these young stars, bring them in, identify the ones that have the talent to do the roles. You know, you get a Bella Ramsey in there, and I don't care what they have Bella do. Have her and just have her stare at the goddamn screen. It would people would just be like, "Oh God, I have to give them my money." Seriously, get young people. We she have will a hurt lot me. of young people at, <laughs> our, at our disposal in this world. Like, but it's ridiculous. Oh yeah, I mean, look at the, the it. I mean, again, Motor City Comic Con. I keep throwing that out there. The kids from it are going to be at Motor City this year. Those kids were crazy good in that movie. You know, like like let us wait like maybe four years and then cast all of them. Yes, as heroes. Yes, like I mean, no. some of them might not fill out to be that kind of body or whatever. But yeah, but, but I mean, have people that have a have a chemistry together too. I mean, these yeah. people did not. Gal, you could see Gal Gadot was trying so hard to have chemistry with some of these people, but she mm-hmm. was. Well, it's impossible to have chemistry with some of them. Like uh, Cyborg, I know he was like. In a mocap suit for, yeah. you know, for most of it, and the CGI was just bad um, for a lot of it. But as a character, he didn't even portray it right. Like he portrayed it mm-hmm. like he was more robot than than human, and just angry forever. And yeah, and and Cyborg was never really like that. He wasn't time. bitter necessarily. No. They could have done. They could have thrown in like Mister Terrific and some couple couple more kind of fun. Weird characters. They could have thrown out their characters in there. They could have put freaking Hawkman in there, and that would have. Been I think a Hawkman wicked. movie could be really sweet if they did it right. Yeah, I mean, in a, in a mortal who dies and is plastic reborn. man. <laughs> That'd be so funny. <laughs> He's turning in. They could have Hawkman with plastic man. I mean, the, the story with Hawkman and Hawk Girl in the uh, uh, what you might call in the comics has always been that you know Shira and. Uh, the guy that plays Hawkman, I don't know much about him, but they're re- they were they're ancient. Like when they die, yeah. they're reborn again. They What's regain his name? Carter Carter Hall, yeah. and they regain their memories. Yeah, and they keep go, they keep living on, and then they die and they're reborn again. You know, and they always die somewhat young, I think, because they're all the heroic and shit. Yeah, but Carter has become like literally the world's the world's greatest detective mm-hmm. because he's experienced so much. Yeah, you know. Uh, well, like that bat, like, well, Batman Metal they explored that a bit. How Carter, um, fucking, uh, was able to like piece together all these bits and you know mm-hmm. bits and pieces throughout history of this big you know the cult or whatever. And uh, it's it's really it'd be a fun movie to do, but they don't. They're yeah. so afraid to tap these second tier characters, you know. Yeah, they're, well, they want to stay comfort zone with Batman, Superman. And we don't care. I don't give. I want to give me a fucking John Stewart. Green Lantern. Dude, I would kill for a John Like, fucking cast John Boyega. Oh, Boyega would rock. John Boyega, he's awesome. Like, I don't know. Hell, if you made her look a little bit more tan and shit, Daisy Ridley could pull off a Wonder Woman. Buff her up a little bit. Fucking, like, take the Star Wars people. I don't give a shit. Fucking (laughs) make Kylo Ren look like fucking Superman. I don't care. Buff his ass up some more. Give his man, take his man titties away, and fucking give him the swirl. Because that Kylo Ren hair is the well, only reason people don't well, want him in other movies. the thing, dude. He didn't even have man titties. He's he's built, but his well, body, yeah, he's his super, body, he's super fucking. I mean, built, his body sure. shape, his body shape is just different. Not everybody, you know. He's tall as shit, dude. Yeah. He's like six six. I mean, I'm six foot three. Yeah, that dude. Well, Jason is Momoa is like that too. I mean, I'm six foot three, and when I bump into Momoa at the con, I like looked up to speak to him like a little bit. So he's tall too. Yeah, you know. But, the, yeah, like, oh, they had Ben Affleck being, like, his height, too, which was very strange. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, because he's like, not that height. He's like our height. Ben, no, if that, he's shorter. He's like six yeah. one. It's funny when you meet these celebrities in real life. Like I'll be in the green room. You know, when when you sell stuff at the comic book convention, you hang out in the green room. And the celebrities tend to use that same one. You know, it's just cookies and chili and shit. It's not like it's anything special. Right. But I'll see these guys walk in. I'm like, oh my god, you're little. You know, <laughs> I think guys. I mean, you guys like Dean Cain that look like you know their height and they're like you know they're built properly. Mm-hmm. The Walking Dead cast all look like who they are because they're not artificially like you know. Well, I have a feeling Shane may have been artificially enhanced height wise. <laughs> yeah, because he he looked a lot closer to Rick's height in the in the episodes where he was with Rick and the early episodes where he was with Lori doing his freak on moments. Like he did look kind of short. He's very short. It was it was when Rick showed up where like, he started looking big. The dude's like, like five foot one or something. He's mm-hmm. very short, um, but a very nice person. You know. Yeah. But I don't know. I don't think they they have to do something. They have to bring in these auxiliary characters and these these characters that are like really really old like fun old school characters. Put them on Netflix. Make a deal with Netflix. Let them make movies it. for you. Fucking damn! Like it's, yeah. I mean, Netflix is making so many bullshit independent movies that kind of fail anyway these days. Let them invest in like four DC universe movies that they can do. Do a Nightwing movie. Do a yes. Raven movie. Do fucking anything. I don't do care. Do a Teen Titans but series. Let them yeah, do, do that. Do one series. While Warner Brothers is doing their big budget movies. Do like they're doing with with the the uh, the uh, like Marvel is doing with um, the, the Defenders. Defenders. Yeah, yeah. Do Teen Titans. Do do a Starfire movie, and every or even combine them. I don't care. Do a Starfighter or Starfire Beast Boy movie with a little bit of romance in there. Uh, do a uh, you know which is kind of funny because Beast Boy is like, ridiculous. I love and Beast she's Boy. Super <laughs> He's so serious. Funny. You know, do a, a fun cyborg movie with Robin. You, they got options, and they're just not weighing them. They're not, but they're afraid. Yeah. So they they use the same, like you said, the same like four characters. Well, actually, honestly, let's be honest with each other. It's the same three characters. Three characters: it's Wonder Woman, Batman, and because they've touched Green Lantern Superman. once, they've touched uh, Cyborg once now, they've touched Flash once now. Those I'm, I'm Aquaman once now. They're not. Diving into a character. And well, they're not going to. They're not going to do that. Flash movie's never going to happen, dude. I, I think, think Flashpoint's going to happen because they're going to need a reason to say, "All right, we're resetting." But I don't think they're even going to do that. I have a feeling these guys are so unprofessional <laughs> that they're just going to be like, "You know what? The fans will come no matter what. We don't care. We're just not going to touch it. We're just going to start fresh. We're going to ignore this movie. That's exactly what's going to happen. It's going to piss people off." I don't think so. Yeah. I think Jeffrey Dean Morgan is too good of a casting option for them not to do a Flashpoint movie. I think the fact that they can even say that they have him on their portfolio of actors dedicated, like having him as Thomas Wayne is the perfect casting. The it is really perfect good. casting. It is really good. Well, the thing is, DC now has the Watchmen, so they could always do. They could a, just redo fucking do uh, do another. Well, fun they could do the button. Fucking do the button. The thing is, though, I know the button series would be fantastic, but the problem is, is like. Not enough people know who the Watchmen characters are that also know who the DC characters are. You know what I mean? Yeah. All right, let's wrap this up. It's way too late. We've been doing this for an hour and 18 minutes. Our poor fans. Our poor fans. They don't like us when we do stuff like this. We rant a lot. They all, they all tuned out like 35, 40 minutes ago. I hate to tell you. Aw. <laughs> they were just like, we said DC sucks. You're right, but you know what? No, we're not. So hey, if 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 that upsets you, just know I'm with you. I'm, I'm there. I'm just, I'm just holding you. Just it's horrifying. Just imagine I'm hugging you from no. behind. 
No, no, I'm not poking you. Shut that's up. that's creepy. Shut up. It's too bad. <laughs> bad touch. I need an adult. No, I'm I'm there for you though. I'm your support group. You don't need anyone else. Yeah, I know. You do DC fanboy. It's I'm okay. I'm a fanboy of everything. So yeah, I'm I'm pretty much a Marvel Marvel guy. But I also I mean I'm also hypercritical because I'm old and angry all the time. <laughs> Bitter. <laughs> Bitter. <laughs> Shame. Angry forty year old. <laughs> <laughs> All right, ladies and gentlemen, you have yourself a time. Follow us on Twitter at, at @dfanpodcast. Follow us on YouTube at Don't Feed After Midnight, and uh, we're also on Vero at at dfanpodcast on Vero. However, Vero works. Vero decides to work sometimes, and not others. <laughs> it pretty much does whatever it feels like doing. So we will oh, see you next time. Peace. Peace.